All right, here's what you do. Get a cold washcloth, wrap some ice in it, put it on your forehead, lay down, and just bask in the glory for the next 75 to 90 minutes of the weekend edition. As you nurse that Friday night hangover here into Saturday morning, April the 29th, 2023, the Conquistador Dave Height and the maestro Kevin Crane. We'll get you through this. It's all good. You need some rock and roll. We just you hope you some... didn't have to gnaw your arm off to get home. <laughs> or do some kind of unspeakable, unmentionable thing to a police officer to get out of a ticket. <laughs> And there you go. <laughs> yes, officer. I see your belly club. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We're friends of the police. Believe me, we are. Yes, yes, we are. No spit polish involved. <laughs> so, as always, segment one on the weekend edition is rock and roll. We have got an album review and three outstanding new songs for you. And some music news, which will be extremely interesting to discuss. First off, album review of the week is the new one from L.A. Guns. The album is Black Diamonds. 11 songs, a little over 41 minutes. I, <clears throat> I like it. I don't love it, but I can dance to it. No, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Having American bandstand flashbacks. Yeah, no, I, have... I I think we might be on the same wavelength with this one. It's 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 listenable. It's not over the top. There's some good stuff on there, and some generic, and one or two bad. Yes, one or two bad. Um, now I will say it starts off very strong with you betray and wrong about you. Absolutely. Very good one-two punch. little, very punkish. Yes. Bringing back to that that Sunset Strip. Yeah, You Betray has that Zeppelin vibe to it. Yeah, and we reviewed it a while back. That was the first single. Yeah. And I think I've I've grown to like it more and more. Yeah, it it is a fantastic. And Wrong About You has got that same kind of sleazy vibe to it. It does. So, I think the boys were wrong about you. It, it's got that Sunset Strip yeah. whole vibe going on. Yeah. Then Diamonds, the ballad. Worst song it's on the album. It's not good. It, it vies for worst song on the album. I, just the, too much of the chorus. Oh, my yeah. God. It seems like that's all it is is the chorus. Yeah. It's what is, no, we're we're broke, broke, but we shine, shine like, like a diamond. God, by about the 15th time they sing that, I was Done. ready to uh, claw my ears Done. off of the sides of my head. Yeah. Then Babylon. It's okay. It's okay. It's got that not 70s bad. punk vibe thing mm-hmm. going for it. it. Not bad. Yeah. <clears throat> really? Shame. Didn't Did like they it. have to put it? It had that that walking shoes vibe to it. Yeah. Just, and it just, no, no, no. Trash. Uh, we reviewed Shattered Glass. Shattered, shattered Glass, glass is yep. good. Um, and then I think really the rest of the album is kind of. Yeah, yeah I think. I think. Yeah, Gonna Lose, that is another vibe for worse song. Yeah. 
just not good. What was it? What were they trying to do with it? It was two different songs. Yeah. It's schizophrenic on that one. Yeah, now got it wrong, I thought was okay, but it had Tracy Guns <laughs> has a lot of good guitar riffs on this album. That's what and this is one that's got a great guitar riff, but the but rest of the song doesn't just, live up to that. No, it just kind of flops. Right. Low Life was okay. It I was liked that a little better. Decent. Crying, crying no. ugh, garbage. No. And then like a drug better. is better. Yeah. It ended on more of an up note. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah uh, I'm going to be generous here with Black Diamonds. I respect the legacy of LA Guns. <laughs> we just saw them last year. They were great in concert. They were fun in concert. Um, I'll give it a week, week, two and a half frenzies. That's exactly where I'm at with it. Yeah. Very week, two and a half. Because you've got about. At least three or four strong songs on there, but there's a lot of crap, a lot of stuff that it's yeah, just, just <laughs> it's cringeworthy. Yeah, not abysmal, not like Michael Schenker band. No, abysmal. no, but no, they they didn't crap the bed with it, but they could yeah. have done better. A moderate effort, maybe leaning to subpar. Yeah, but still. There's a couple songs that we enjoy and we'll listen to. Yes. Maybe we should go back, take the last album, take the best off of both of those and put them together. And then then you've got got something. Yeah. Yep. All right. Now we got three songs from two of our favorite bands. Let's start off with the Foo Fighters. Let's Let's go with the Foo. New Foo we have not had in a while. Rescued. It's typical foo. It's not outstanding. It's not abysmal. It's what you expect from them. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm I, lukewarm with this one. I am too. I am too. Here's my problem with rescued. Again, we say this a lot when it comes to these these type of bands that we love. Um. Something from this band is better than most from other bands. And that's what you basically are going to say about Rescued. Is Rescued is still going to be better than 90% of what's out there. But I swear, as I listen to the song, and I've listened to it. We've heard this song before. Pieces, bits and pieces of the song sound like bits and pieces of Of other Foo Fighters. Everything they've done. Yeah. It almost sounds like the perfect amalgam Of of all their former hits put together in one new song yeah that does that make it a great song no no does it make it a good song yeah yeah I, it's a two and a half i was gonna give it three i'll go three i'll go a strong two and a half yeah and I'll, go, just, I'll go week three i'm close to where you are on this it's just it does it doesn't do enough to get a three from me yeah this is I have to say, out of all the Foo Fighters albums, and I've listened to all of them, been a huge fan, as you have, this is probably the weakest lead-off single I have ever heard yes. from a, a new Foo Fighters Absolutely project. agree. And it's still better than most. It's but... still better than most. Like I said, the best thing that could have happened from Kurt Cobain <laughs> going away 
was we got the foo. Yes. Yeah, and, and they're going through a transition right now. We don't know how they're going to end up handling the drumming yeah. on tour. Whoa. You know, with the the passing of Taylor Hawkins. So we'll see. The rumors are out there. We were responsible. We did not buy into those rumors because they have never been. Nothing is confirmed. Nothing has been confirmed. And especially now with uh, the announcement that Pearl Jam is going out on tour, that might douse the flames of that yeah. particular rumor. That that might be a last-ditch effort to keep it together. Now, of course, we we went crazy. Over we went nutsy, cuckoo, gaga, insane over Rise from Extreme. Yeah, the first single from their upcoming album, Six. Of course, the first new work that they've put out in a decade. Of course, we've talked about how we are going to see them on tour <laughs> with Living Color. Unbelievable double bill. Cannot wait yep. for that. But Extreme decides when they announce that tour not to just give us one new song, but, but two. two. Banshee and hashtag Rebel. Now, two videos are out for them as well. Um, so I kind of had a little mini MTV weekend. <laughs> and I just, I was watching videos on YouTube all weekend. Um, some of the songs that we've talked about and reviewed here, not like the old days where we would sit in front of the TV with for MTV hours for upon hours. hours upon hours. Well, here you can pick and choose the videos. Like I watched the yeah. new video for Rival Sons, Bird in the Hand, which was awesome. Um, you know, and Mammoth, of course, with the... Oh, God. The whole Wolfgang is <laughs> yeah. every member of the band. And then he brings in his touring band. Yeah. And yeah, that was a fun one. So now, of course, the two videos for Banshee and Hashtag Rebel. I mean, they're just performance videos in different studio settings. One's in more of a traditional studio where the other is in like a big warehouse yeah. type room. One's in color, one's in black and white. Other than that, they're just performance videos. But the vibe I got from Hashtag Rebel was awesome. I I think I like it more than you. Potentially. Because I th the first time I listened to it, I thought, it's good. Second time, it was like, okay, now I, I'm, I'm starting to get it more. I may have to listen to it another time or two. The fir first couple goes, the first one, eh, the second, okay, I can get it. Third, all right, maybe a little bit more, it'll grow more on me. I think I, I've got roots. I think the roots are in me. I think it's growing on me. Yeah. Because... I, that hook, that that chorus, was in my head the last part of the weekend. Yeah. See, now, my initial thought, it's the weakest of the three so far. No, not to me. Not to me. So, a so, little bit of disagreement here, kids. Which we like. Yes. I, I will give hashtag rebel three and a half frenzies. Wow, really? Oh, I, I'm telling you, it... 
it got in my head and I could not let it go. Wow. Uh, hey, I got something to say. You're talking wow. to me while you're walking away. Week three. I just loved it. Week three. No, three and a half. Easy no. three and a half for me. All right. Then we've got Banshee. This one f- had that pink Cadillac groove beat going to it, but a little quicker pace on the musical side. Now, I would say, and it, but, again, we're talking about extreme, so I would say this was my weaker of the three, but still, very good song. I would give Banshee three. Solid three frenzies. Yeah, it's a three. But I, I just, yeah. I think hashtag rebel will grow on you. I do think it will we'll grow on you. We'll see if it does. Because I was listening to a little bit of an aside here. Now that I can listen to some more CDs in my car on my commute to work, <laughs> I pull, I, I, couple times a week i'll pull out cds i'm not listening to crap that is radio around here at all in the morning bob and tom and all that garbage and the canned laughter yeah yo bob and tom are trash so like, now and I'm then the local guys eh, that's why i still listen to 670 the score the mornings with molly and haw Throw a it bunch gives of CDs me, it in the gives car. me my morning sports update for my brief little boomer, commute. If it's not Boomer and Geo, I don't want to listen to it. So I throw my CDs in the car. So today's CD was extreme, three sides to every story. So listening to that, you get a little bit more of the nuanced sound of extreme. And that's where I think hashtag rebel comes in. Hashtag rebel has that. Sound, so if that old you were in that sound. frame of mind going in with it. No, hashtag rebel put me in that frame of mind. Where oh, it made me well, want to go there back you go. and listen to the old stuff and do that connection, you know, with the old stuff. Because it's amazing to me how extreme has still got this vast popularity now you and I, we've loved them from the from beginning, the, from the get go. Right, Kid Ego, all the stuff off the debut album. I mean, but all these casual fans out here now, who are, to me, are going crazy about oh, Extreme's back, Extreme. Yeah, you yeah. didn't miss them. All How you care about, about is more than words and uh, wholehearted. That's do all you, you care about. Wanna play? Do you? Do you? Everybody Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, running through the mall, boom. See, I'm the guy that's got waiting on the punchline, which I think is unbelievable. Saw that as to rock the last album. Nobody listened to those. But now all of a sudden, oh, it, because it, now you're acting like they're a nostalgia act. No, they're no, not nostalgia they act. They are not nostalgia, damn it! Cannot wait to see them in concert. Cannot wait. I will be very interested to hear what the set list is. Because it they are going to have to play It them. has been 20 years since I've seen them. Yeah. Over. And again, because of the fact that this is a band that is more 
about the diehard fans. Yeah. Dave and I will know the songs, but most people... Play wholehearted! Come on! Do the acoustic sets! More than words! Come on! Unfortunately, the rest of us want to hear Porno Graffiti and want to hear Waiting on the Punchline. Yeah, exactly. All right, music news. Very good music news. Very, very good. Over the last week, Mr. Sammy Hagar, and now today, Mr. Michael Anthony have come out and confirmed that the Van Halen archives are open for business. Woohoo! We are Is going that good to or bad? Start, we're going to start getting some unreleased material from Van Halen as they reissue a lot of these classic albums, starting with, of course, <laughs> the Van Hagar era. Color me intrigued. They still... They still are deferring to Alex and Wolfie and saying they're the ones that ultimately have control. But when Michael Anthony in this story I read today says, yes, we're even hopeful that the Dave stuff is coming out. That would be very good as well. Yes. You know, I trust Wolfie. I think he will work with Uncle Alex to do homage to the legacy of the band. Well, of course, his big thing is he he has said if if my dad were alive, he would say, Why are you fucking around with the archives when you should be doing your own music? Do your own music. So that's why he does what he does with Mammoth. And why he puts his energy into that is because he feels like his dad would have told him to do your own thing. Don't live in my past, live in your future. But he does that, but he wants to honor everything that his dad has done. Right. Well, now Alex is the one that should be doing that. Alex should be front and center pushing everything. Right. So hopefully, kids, all that old, I, I know there is a lot of great especially There's, with the dave stuff there is a lot of great old dave stuff out there um so if they d- get d- it despite out there, what sammy has, it up. yeah despite what sammy has come out in the latest interview there's always that they're they're, they're always gonna go going back to take and that forth. to their graves these the are fans, two egomaniacs. The fans are going to take it to their yeah. graves. These are two egomaniacs who have never been able to get along. They will never get along. Yeah, the I know the interview you're talking about where he said, I multiplied Dave's income by six when we went on tour together. Yeah, Dave never cared about his voice. He was he is the showman. I will give him that. He is the showman. Everybody knows it. Shut up, Sammy. Stay in your lane. Focus on your own stuff. I'm not going to go off on a rant about about that stuff. Everybody knows who I like more. Those first six albums. Are I want to be Van buried. I want Halen. to be buried with them. 
I want to be this. Uh, the CDs need to go. Well, don't put them up my ass, but put them somewhere <laughs> in Close the coffin. to the nether regions. Yeah. Put them somewhere <laughs> in the coffin. You know. So that when the grave robbers come to take out my grave gold robbers crowns, union. Yeah. Great album, by the way. Great dancers. I know. Grave dancers union. They're grave dancers, yes. All well, right. I had to modify it I for know. obvious reasons. I know. I know. John Mellencamp, brand new album. We? He is he is one of our first concerts of 2023. Coming up here in uh, June, I believe. I think it? so. But uh, did not expect a brand new album. Because he just put out Strictly a One-Eyed Jack at the beginning of 2022. Now we are getting a brand new John Mellencamp album. Orpheus Descending coming out here in the next month or two. June 24th is our concert. Is right? our concert. I believe that is the fine. No. It, it was. It, it was, was the final he, show. He tacked on he another added couple of a, shows. Oh, that dirty, rotten yeah, scoundrel. I know. We thought we were going to see the last show on the oh. They tacked on two shows at another venue. That dirty, rotten scoundrel. Yep. But Orpheus Descending coming out here soon. It'll be out before we see Mr. Mellencamp, so we will have to familiarize ourselves with the new material. Our buddy on the, the Sports Frenzy panel, the Big Blue W, just saw him a week or two ago, said it was outstanding. Excellent. Good to know. Said instead of a, an opening act, he has like a half-hour um kind of a documentary video clip show put together by, uh, I believe, T Turner Classic Movies, something like that. Really? Yeah. Kind don't, of a, don't quote kind of a bio type thing? Yeah. Yeah, the whole retrospective of his career and his life and all that. So that could be kind of cool. That's going to be the first half hour instead of an opening act before he comes out. I kind of like that. So... Aerosmith, the farewell tour could be coming soon. Ugh, they really? Have been dropping, they have been dropping hints. There have been, I believe, graphics I read today. So, so do they have to do this for Steven to pay off the lawsuit? <laughs> and for his rehab, <laughs> his rehab bills. But they've been posting cryptic... Images, peace out, is what they've been saying. I've seen them once. I'm good. Joe Perry has been alluding to the fact that they do have another tour planned, but he did not come out and say it was the final tour. But yeah, we'll uh, wait and see. I would see him again if the situation is right. Yeah, we'll see. Depends on the opening act. Well, when we saw him the last time, it was Living Color. We went to see Living Color. <laughs> Come yes. on, and let's Aerosmith face it. Ended up being, yeah, if they would just not play the crappy Armageddon ballad. <laughs> Jesus, God. Stay away from the Alicia Silverstone crap. Yes, that stuff too. Stay away from Armageddon and Alicia Silverstone. Great show. 
But the minute they start playing Angel or I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, that's when that's bathroom break time. Yes, yes, it is. Bathroom break and value beers. So Dave will not be on the weekend edition next weekend. But in two weeks, he will have a review for you. Shine down with Ashes to New and Theory of a Dead Man. Looking forward to that show. As this hits Saturday morning, it will be two days hence from when I'm there. So next week, I will be flying solo. I will have a review of the brand new album from the Hold Steady, The Price of Progress. Yep, I will be missing taping because I am adding some culture into my life. Going to see the greatest cellist of our day, Yo-Yo Ma. Or as I like to think of him, the the name that Kramer... Yo-Yo Ma! said when he had a head injury. Yo, Emma! You can call it culture. (laughs) I call it a fond recollection from my favorite comedy show of all time. And there you go. (laughs) No, it's, it's Mrs. C's... Mrs. C loves the cello. You're and being it's a an good opportunity. Husband. You're being a good husband. Yes, you really yes, are. I am. You really are. And arguably the greatest cellist that's ever You're being a been good presented. So. You're being a good husband. I am. And I'm kind of looking forward to it. Just because you're the greatest at something doesn't mean you need to really show it off in front of thousands of people. Yes, yes, you do. It's what we're trying to the do. The greatest masturbator of all time. <laughs> really? Is that what you're trying for? No, I gave that up a long time ago. (laughs) We're trying to get the greatest podcast ever out there. Come on. I'm just saying the great, you got to look at the perspective. The greatest doesn't mean the, the most popular, something that everybody wants to see. I'm just telling you. He had a cameo in the glass. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you watch that stupid-ass hot dog eating contest every year because Joey Chestnut is the greatest hot dog eating human being on the face of the planet? No, I catch the highlights on the evening news. You lie. (laughs) You lie. You don't watch that for the same reasons I don't. Because it's stupid. It is not entertainment. It is not something that people should be enjoying and watching. Man, hot soaking, dog eating hot that dog is that that's a garbage bun that's in trash. water and shoving it down his gullet to the point where he's gonna vomit is not entertaining and that's how i feel about yo-yo ma and the uncultured swine speaks <laughs> well the un- uncultured swine wants to segue into segment two all right so, i think it's a fine time to do that after after a quick promo break dave and i'll be right back i have a movie review dave has got a book review for i you. do so good hang stuff out. kids hang out go listen to some cello or shove a 15 hot dogs down your throat and we'll be right back hello i'm james cameron prestigious film director. And since it takes me over a decade to make a movie, 
I've got plenty of time between takes to listen to my favorite podcast, Sports Frenzy 2.0, on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon, and Audible. Hey, wait, I'm having an epiphany. I have a new idea. Summer of 2035. Blue robots from the future on a doomed ocean liner. Oh, brilliant. Where's Arnold? Get me Schwarzenegger. What about DiCaprio? What about Edward Furlong? We know he's not doing anything. (laughs) Welcome to segment two of Sports Frenzy 2.0, the weekend edition. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. Along with Pearl Jam fan. The maestro, Kevin Crane. Yeah, wear that proud. I won't. <laughs> That's an off-mic discussion we were having during the break. Never. Here we are recording April 26, 2023, dropping Saturday morning, April 29th, on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Amazon, Audible, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher! Don't we, need, we, to... we need to get that a little higher pitch for the hangover guys out there. Well, see, I was thinking we're being a little unfair because for <clears> some <throat> reason we focus on Stitcher and we kind of just run through everybody else. It'd be very hard so, to like so, give everybody yeah, their but own little different. Do we really want to rotate through it? No. Such It flows at it this does. point. It does flow. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page where you can find a link to the weekend edition also our sports podcast the original sports frenzy 2.0 in business for over 30 years plus all of our picks for said show for baseball and nascar right now football in the fall yep all right i'm not we had a little bit of a heated discussion as i mentioned off mic about pearl jam that's fine Kind of wish we'd recorded it for the Facebook it audience. It would have been but good. Didn't have enough time. So now maybe we'll have one here. Because my movie review of the week is Quasi. Quasi, of course, <laughs> brand new on Hulu from the Broken Lizard troupe that we love so much. Yep. I will not give Hulu my money yet. Responsible, of course, for Beer Fest, Slam and Salmon, Super Club Troopers, Dread, Super Troopers One and Two, and, and of what, course Tacoma FD. FD. <clears throat> so I was really looking forward <clears throat> to this. I got a very, very good deal on Hulu, so I'm not paying a ton for it. Um, then they have very little to offer, honestly. I barely watch Hulu, but two bucks a month. Yeah, there you go. Oh, no. The look on your face. This is why I figured we would have a discussion on this. Wow. Yeah, this is not their best moment. Ouch. Um, And you and I love Tacoma FD. Oh, Tacoma Tacoma FD is is phenomenal as a show and they're pulling that off on on cable 
Tacoma FD is 10 times better than this. Ouch. Quasi. And now I'm not saying quasi is abysmal. I'm not saying it's awful. It doesn't live up to their standards. Right. This is down at the the bottom. This is down there with Club Dread. I didn't like Club Dread all that much. Club Dread wasn't good. Yeah, this is down there with Club Dread. Ouch. Now, the cool thing about it is that the entire Tacoma FD cast makes appearances. So, (laughs) All right, you got that going for it. The guys who aren't in the Broken Lizard troupe are in it prominently. You have to have watched Tacoma FD to know what I'm saying here, but... Dave knows. I know. Dave knows. I mean, there's there's just, for some reason, they're obsessed thinking that throughout the entire movie, there's some kind of funny joke about oysters. Really? Eating oysters, saying the word oysters seems to, you know, be something they think is funny. And I just don't get it. It falls very, very flat and stupid. Um. Oysters are supposed to make you virile. They don't even bring that up. And it doesn't really, that part of it doesn't. So what's. Yeah. Um, no, if course, it's in France with Quasimodo, snails make more sense. No, no, it's oysters. It's all about oysters. <sighs> and I'm not kidding you kids. Constant references <clears throat> to oysters. Jokes about oysters. It's just. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I expected more from Broken Lizard than this. Um, That's disappointing. Yeah, the writing is really subpar. It's not that funny. But I will say this. You know, the actors are very charismatic. We know them. We love them. They play dual roles. All of them play dual (laughs) roles. So that's kind of fun. Um, You got the Pope involved. (laughs) Um so, you know, if you're a fan of Broken Lizard like we are, it's probably a little bit more entertaining than it would be for somebody else because we know the in-jokes. We see certain people in the cast and we go, I know him from this movie or this show. Um, and then I had to look up the queen, Adrienne Palicki, because it was driving me crazy. I knew that I knew her from somewhere. Um And it turns out uh, she was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is where I knew her from. And then you said you know her from From G.I. Joe, Joe. the movies. Um, And she's not hard to look at, so that was a nice thing. No, she's not. But in the end, this is just... It's subpar Broken Lizard. I laughed a couple times. Um... But not like you have through most no, of their stuff. No. Again, Beer Fest, Slam and Salmon are just classic comedies to me. And this is just not even close to being in the same class, the same level. So that's the, disappointing. The best I can give it, I give it a very weak two frenzies. Ouch. Yeah. And that's being probably generous. And there you go. The best part. <laughs> The best part of the movie is the blooper reel over the closing credits. Oh, no. Yeah. I think I laughed hardest at that. Wow. That's that's disappointing. Well, and the sad thing is, some of the stuff that they say, 
I mean, some of it is just bloopers. Right. Like, there's a scene with, this isn't spoiling anything. There's a scene with a horse where Adrian Pelicki, the queen, is trying to talk to Quasimodo. And so, again, I'm not spoiling any of the plot for you. But, you know, at one point, the horse walks up to her. She's trying to do her line and starts licking her neck. <laughs> Lucky horse. And then they try to, re- <laughs> then they reshoot it. And they show it again. I'm like, okay, what, what? She's doing her lines again. And in the background, the horse is taking a dump. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is funnier than the damn movie. Why didn't they leave that scene in? But they're the funniest blooper quote unquote they could have put in the movie and it would have been hysterical and they decided no we're gonna go with go down a different direction it seemed like it's r-rated but it seems like an unbelievably tame r-rated movie it doesn't have the usual you know foul stuff that we would expect from them it like just, where they had the ping pong paddle shoved up and he was shitting pancakes. One, there is one scene towards the end where they go back to their old school gross out type stuff, which is funny. But That's what you expect from Broken that's Lizard. It. That's pretty much the one scene. Ugh. That's so disappointing. Let's just say it was a, it's a torture scene involving a scrotum. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, it's just it, yeah, in language and everything, it's just very tame. And again, it's R-rated, but it's one of the tamest R-rated movies I've ever seen. And that's the day and age we live in now. Yeah. So again, very weak two frenzies, disappointing. But let's move on to an author that we both like that is not disappointing. No, John Sanford. He's been around for decades now, uh, most notable for the Lucas Davenport Prey series, also the Virgil Flowers series. He's done the kids series with a handful of books. Now he's gone on to Lucas's adopted daughter, Letty Davenport, who is an agent with Homeland Security while working for a senator. So she kind of is developing that lone wolf, kind of taken after Lucas here in a little bit. So this latest Dark Angel, the second of the Letty Davenport novels, finds her going undercover with another Homeland Security person going after a hacker group. And they don't have the full story. They're supposedly stopping them from going after the gas pipeline in the north, like Minnesota area, which is where Letty's from. And they hook her in with that to save lives, to keep the oil from being shut down in the dead of winter. Now, this revolves around the Russians getting ready to invade Ukraine. And so this hacker group had 
gone against and taken out the Russian train system and caused havoc and held them up for, as, for ransomware. So the U.S. government, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, wants the hacker group to disrupt the Russian trains again during the invasion of the Ukraine. And of course, the Russians are pissed that the trains were stopped, and so they're going after the hacker group. Mass chaos ensues. So it's not a bad little little tale. Uh, Letty's starting to develop a little bit more as the character. Her, her world is starting to come together. She's starting to get that core group that she can pull in and rely on as we've seen develop through the years for Lucas, which included Virgil. So the develop character development is there. It, it's coming along. It's a three, not a bad little tale. It's, it's a quick pace. Of course it throws the government under the bus of being deceptive and you never know what the hell's no, really going on. No, I know. As I've always said, to the boys, rule one, never trust the government. Ever, ever, ever. Well, since you're not going to be on next week's episode, then I think we can fairly promise that in two weeks, our book review will be Chrysalis. Yep. Lincoln Child's latest Jeremy, or actually came out last summer, the Jeremy Logan. Right his character the enigmologist yep. his his latest adventure so, so we'll yep. have that going for yep. you we'll both have a review of that for you um i i'm just kind of taken aback by your review of letty i mean i i have told you i kind of backed off on the prey novels until they brought virgil flowers back in in the last couple so I know who Letty is. Yeah. But I obviously have not followed her development as a character. Yeah. Um, no, but she's the whole started... international component blows my mind. Yeah. Because even Lucas never really got into international stuff like that. No, she, she didn't. Letty had been at Stanford graduate. She got an internship with a senator through Lucas's connections and uh, she was going to quit, but, and go off to do something else. Cause she really wants law enforcement like Lucas. I mean, come on, even though she's adopted, she has that same killer mindset mm -hmm. and she has killed before in self-defense and everything. Right. And so this, the first one, kind of got her hooked in that with her adventure and wound up killing people. And this one, she's invited her, her core is evolving around a group of women who are in law enforcement or FBI, CIA, whatever, who have all killed somebody in the line of duty. And they call themselves the peacemakers. And so she went, was invited to join them for an event and got accepted in. And that's her 
core that she's starting to pull from because everybody has a different skill set that they bring. So it's kind of a neat little perspective. Yep. At some point, I will read the first one and get into it. I do have the what the investigator, right? Is yeah, the, the investigator is the first one. And, you know, when Lucas met his current wife, that's when they met Letty mm -hmm. and has since adopted her, raised her. And yeah, now so. the only, my only concern is, is he going to John Sanford going to keep doing the combined flowers, Davenport, flowers, Davenport and his second book is every year is going to be Letty. Whereas before it was, he did a separate Davenport and Flowers. Yeah, I'm hoping that he might be able to pull a tri the trio. But is he going to have to go the way of James Patterson and, and find another pour writer? himself out? Yeah, find a writer to take over one of those? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know. Has anybody pulled off the trifecta? three in a year yeah truly on their own truly writing three books a year i don't know harlan coben stuart woods danielle Steele. what did stuart woods write outside of stone barrington i don't know but there were like a couple a year I still have my doubts. So I think two we'll, we'll a year, have to wait and two see. years the most I think you can expect out of a writer. Yeah, but all right, let's go back to movies and general pop culture <laughs> news for a minute. And by the way, it took me a day and a half to get through Dark oh, Angel. Geez. Here we go, the the humble brag, <laughs> just to dig it in. Yeah. He's getting back at me for the Pearl Jam stuff. All right. What is it? CinemaCon. There's so many cons out there. Oh, I think CinemaCon is going yeah, on right now. They're all a con to get your money and to make you dress up like an idiot. Um, I'm telling you, I know we have bashed him in the past for good reason. But there are a lot of people who are saying that The Flash is going to be much different than all the crap that DC has put out recently. <clears throat> they are saying this is the the great swan song for the pre-James Gunn era. <sighs> we'll see. As I see more footage, of course, at CinemaCon. Then, of course, now we have, I have not watched it yet, unfortunately. We have an Equalizer 3 trailer. I'm so looking forward to this one. This is it, though. This is it. This well, is the, yeah. the final movie. They have said now this is the final <clears throat> Denzel Washington as the Equalizer movie, which means that Queen, Queen Latifah, her fat, stupid ass, can keep doing the TV show all she wants. <sighs> You people watching that show should be ashamed of yourselves. Ashamed of yourselves. I mean, that's it's just pathetic. Come on, seriously. <clears throat> Who else is done? 
Well, we've got Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny coming soon. Harrison Ford says, unequivocally, this is it. We're done with Indiana Jones. This is it. We're done. I will not be involved in these movies or anything, TV shows, anything anymore. Well, He no won't be. Well, no shit. He's almost, what, 85? Yeah, there's no... He's almost dead. Gee, you think? That doesn't mean you're not going to have any more Indiana Jones in some incarnation. We've already had young Indiana Jones. What's to stop them from trying to do something like that again? Exactly. Now, I found this, going back to D.C. for a second, very stimulating. I mean That's that what a she good said. Way. I mean that in a good way. <laughs> <clears throat> now, I was never a fan in terms of the whole dialect. I just didn't like the Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman with, you know, I didn't, she didn't talk normal. What She had the Israeli dialect or whatever she had that she brought to the Wonder Woman role. Now... There are rumors floating around out there about who the next Wonder Woman could be. And if this is true, Mr. James Gunn is a genius. <laughs> Anna DeArmas is trying to deny rumors that oh. she is in line to become the next Wonder Woman. That would be wonderful. Yes. She's pretty. She can wrap that lasso of truth around me anytime. <laughs> She's not going to like what I say, though. <laughs> There's going to be some nasty ideas coming out of the maestro. <laughs> but honestly, that from a, a, a geek perspective, she would be she great. She would be fantastic. That's a That would be a great casting move to put her in as Wonder Woman. Yeah. She is a great actress in her own right. And... That that's a win-win. She has wonderful assets. Yes. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful assets. Next. Uh, now we're gonna for the rest of this one we're gonna go little negative, little negative, but um, our buddy Alec Baldwin. All the charges have been dropped. He is free and clear. So now they can go ahead and finish that movie, Rust, which I think is just in such poor taste. It is. Seriously, you're going to finish this. They moved from the Southwest. Was it now they're finishing it up in Montana? Or somewhere up in the yeah. Northern Plains? Poor taste to try and finish this movie. Just bad. Yeah, this isn't this isn't like The Crow. This isn't you know, what Fast and Furious or whatever 7 when yeah. Paul Walker had died. Um I mean, this was for a while a manslaughter situation. Yeah. This is just poor taste. But I would expect nothing less from Alec Baldwin. Because, again, he is, by all accounts, another reprehensible human being. Always has been. Now, I can separate the stuff, though. I think he's a great actor. 
just like Kevin Spacey. Great actor. Great actor, but a reprehensible human being. Then finally, wrapping up our movie segment, I do want to send out thoughts and prayers to Richard Lewis. Um, yeah. I always thought he's a pretty funny dude. And unfortunately now he has been diagnosed with Parkinson's and he will no longer be able to do stand-up anymore. No. And that's sad. He's he's one of those guys that had that sly wit that you had to grow to appreciate. Yes. Yeah. He was very underrated. Yep. King John in Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> now, wasn't he also a recurring character in Mad About You? Yeah, he kind of had one of those I thought roles. he was, yeah. yeah. But, uh, no, I, I always kind of liked his, <laughs> his sense of humor. Yeah. You know, a little snarky, you know. So, very sad, very sad news. But... We're not done yet. We have nope. one segment left. TV and streaming, kids, with Perry Mason. Perry Mason and the Titans. Titans. And maybe some Beavis and Butthead. Not for me, but for Oh, me. you let me down, you son of a bitch. I finished Chrysalis. Oh. And I Here we finished go with the book Dark again. Angel. Here so, we go with the there book. There you go. The book, man who wants to do 47 book reviews a week, but he can't parse out an hour to watch the new Beavis and Bunny. I haven't seen season one, so it wasn't going to do oh, any Oh, and you're going to really miss out on a lot. I will. Yeah, it builds. Despite this argument, Dave and I will return for segment three here on the weekend edition, kids. Maybe, maybe we'll talk more about Pearl Jam. That suck. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, kids, ready for a blast of dairy goodness? Pick up Sports Frenzy 2.0 milk at your local grocery store. Remember, when you drink Sports Frenzy 2.0 milk, you're not only enjoying a healthy treat, you're helping to locate missing sports heroes of the past and present. Our cartons and jugs feature pictures of Peng Shui, Ryan Leaf, and Sammy Sosa as we do our part to find the lost icons of the last 30 years. And don't forget our special weekend edition chocolate milk containers available on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts because they feature celebrities like Lindsay Lohan, Helen Hunt, and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Pick up a gallon today. All right, by now, you should be having some bacon and eggs, some greasy food. You should be on the back end of that hangover from Friday night. The head should not be pounding at this point. So we'll take it easy on you here. And maybe if you got lucky, you made breakfast for that lucky person. And if that's the case, why the hell are you listening to us? <laughs> you should go in round two, three, and four. It's time for sloppy seconds. <laughs> Come on. That grease can do a lot of good, depending on how you use it. Dirty thirds. <laughs>
He's a conquistador, Dave Heights. He's a maestro, Kevin Crane. All right, third segment, TV and streaming. Now, we have our full review of season two of Perry Mason. Now, we have been debating this season back and forth throughout as we've gone week by week. You guys know how I feel about certain aspects of the show. And I still think as season two has officially ended eight episodes, just like the first, that this was largely unnecessary. This really, for the most part... There were about three episodes that really were not needed. Yeah, and we're talking about the whole Della Street as lesbian garbage. And... I was almost hoping, and I think Dave brought this up a couple of weeks back, I was almost hoping that it would turn into more of a plot point that it ended up being. Yeah. It wound up that the DA was being blackmailed. I was expecting Della to be blackmailed. So again, this is Hollywood. Checking boxes and pushing their agendas. And again, I don't know how, as a creative person, a writer, director, you can subject yourself to this, being told, if you don't put this type of character in your show, if you don't put this type of character in your movie or your book or whatever it might be, then you're not getting published or made. And I just find that reprehensible beyond (laughs) all belief. Now, that being said, taking that out of the equation... Season two of Perry Mason was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It was. The, I the it. last two episodes, you had some pretty intense stuff going on. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. I liked I liked the way they wrapped it up. Um not gonna spoil the fate of the characters, especially Perry. Yep. It it, it ended kind of the way it probably should have in a best case scenario. For what was transpiring. Yeah, from what was going on in the middle of the season. Yeah. Um, And again, I let the episode run through the credits. And it went to some bonus content where they were interviewing the actors. Matthew Rice, just to hear him talk. With the accent. It just (laughs) blows your mind. It does. I, I listened to one earlier. I didn't watch this right. one this particular but one right the previous one it's just it, hearing him with his accent just is mind blowing yeah so and i love him i think he's a phenomenal actor from the americans to this um even has a cameo part in cocaine bear which i didn't <laughs> mention last week well his wife's in it his so. wife's in it so there you go um <laughs> But yeah, if you take away, again, this is what drives me crazy about Hollywood. If you take away the agendas and the checking of the boxes... You get a much better streamlined story on this one. Yes. And those of you who watched the original Perry Mason, again, we we talked about this, we debated this. We know this is not Perry Mason. This is another show using the characters' names. Yeah. But this in the is, this same, is more hardcore, more gritty. 
but in the same sense, the original show it was almost Paul Drake was always flirting <clears throat> with with Della Street. Yeah, but now here Paul Drake's married. I just think they would have been better suited to tell the special interest groups to go fuck off. I'm, we're going to write this the way it should be written. Yeah. There's a really nice scene towards the very end with Perry and Della where they almost seem like there's a connection there that goes above and beyond. Yeah, friend and coworker that they could have developed again if they didn't have to force and An pigeonhole agenda. the agenda in. Because I'm last time I'll say it again, the storyline with her as a lesbian is for the most part unnecessary. Like you said, the only reason that it's in there is to have it in there. Well, because it connects her to the. Well, to the DA. Right. But we don't need to know she's got a girlfriend, and we don't need to have the constant scenes over and over and over again with them. That is nothing. That That had nothing to do with the storyline. Right. Absolutely nothing. And again, that's what I thought. is This has got to be leading somewhere, and it never does. It never did. So that's why I cannot give it any... I'll give it a three frenzies, and that's it. I can't go any higher than that. Agreed. All right, we, of course, are also watching Titans, the second half of the last season, season four, episode nine. This one is all about Beast Boy, all about Gar. Yep, Gar and the Red. Now, I will say this. This is a very odd episode to me. The first half of it bored me to tears. Oh, and then the God. second part takes off, and then they bring the multiverse in, and then I'm like, holy crap, this, this is, is going great, and then, boom, do we have a crossover coming in <laughs> with our, our favorite degenerates of the Doom Patrol? We got we got little tastes of the the TV version of the Flash. Yep. Grant Morrison shows up, who was of course the legendary comic book writer who was responsible for the most part for the Vertigo universe, where we got Doom Patrol and Preacher and who they mentioned Animal Man, which yes. I got all geeked <laughs> up about. When they mentioned Animal Man, I was like, "Where's Animal Man? Where? Where? Where?" where? He is one of the most underrated, coolest, quirky characters of all time. Yeah. Um, This last episode just was everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Again, like I said, but it was first half was kind of dull. Second half was way. They they ramped the energy way up. Again, with the multiverse. Stargirl. (laughs) Stargirl popping in there. and God. I'm like, really? Yeah, okay, whatever. So it's obvious now they're trying to establish this link to the TV universe that's almost pretty much dead. Done. Yeah. Well, why the hell not? Gun killed everything off. Well, Warner Brothers killed everything off before Gun came in. So you might as well wrap up 
the TV Flash, the TV Star Girl in with Titans and Doom Patrol. Yep, I think that's what they're doing. So just give them all one final send off. If they're all ending, stupid ass Warner Brothers. Flash, Flash, more than past its time though with having to play the PC game. Yeah, it's been, I think, two seasons since I've watched a Flash episode. Yeah, it's been longer than that for me. All right, moving on to news. I don't know how Dave's going to take this, so we'll see. Not well, I gathering by your tone. Well, you know, you and I feel kind of the same way about there are certain properties, certain movies, certain TV shows you stay away from. You don't mess with them. You don't touch them. Now, this is one where they have done it, even though initially we said, don't do it, don't do it. And they did it, and it, it turned out okay. So they're going to do it again. Amazon has a Magnificent Seven series in the works. <laughs> Why? Just let Because no! they bought MGM. They've got no! all those properties now. And no! It, it's not a series. It is a movie. Do you... No! It does not work dragging it out. It's already been tried. CBS tried it. CBS tried it and it failed. No. Ron Perlman and Michael Bean in it. And... No, no. Just let it go. They have oh to my squeeze God. every last dollar out of any franchise. No. They got away with it with the movie. With the, the Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt. Was entertaining. It was. They they did not try and do a straight up remake. They changed. And they tweaked. changed and tweaked it enough to do homage to the original, and not destroy what they currently had. No, it it does not lend itself to a series. I agree. No. Shitty ass decision. Shoot whoever came up with that idea. I would rather see Robert Vaughn throw a knife through their skull. <laughs> there you go. Reference to the original. All right. Now, this is a show that I like a lot. I know you're not necessarily <laughs> into the whole sci-fi thing. No, this is not hardcore. This is more like Twilight Zone stuff. But Netflix finally has announced season six of Black Mirror is coming I in June. I saw that. It took them long enough, didn't it? Yeah, four years, I think. Yeah. It's like, ooh. I like Black Mirror a lot. I forgot about it at this well, point. That's the it's thing. been it's, so damn yeah, long. It, it takes them forever to get out six episodes. Usually it's six to eight episodes at most. But Black Mirror is genius. Now, every once in a while, they'll throw a clunker out there. But I have seen two or three episodes of this that are just phenomenal. Now, I'll, and again, I'll admit, 
I don't think I've watched. I skipped around a lot, so I've watched like three episodes <laughs> in one season, two episodes in another. Then I watched the entire season here, you know. But I'm kind of psyched for a new season of Black Mirror, so maybe that'll spur me to go catch up on the episodes there I haven't seen. So that they don't have a specific date yet, but they have said it is coming out in June. Long about the time we're getting Extraction too. Good reason to keep Netflix. There you go. And I'll tell you what. I'll give Netflix credit. They just sent me an email. Said thanks for, for coming back and subscribing with us. We know you took the what the new $7 ad tier, which is what I've got. They said, we want to let you know we're going to bump up your picture quality. So there you no go. No extra cost. 1080. Don't worry about, you know, the pixelation issues. And because it used to be if you bought the the lower version of Netflix, and that was even before yeah, they had ads. The HD. Yeah. And Hulu, I'll tell you this. <clears throat> watching Quasi, Hulu's picture quality sucks balls. Sucks donkey balls. It goes back and forth between HD and SD and HD and SD every like 15. It's oh, like a God. wave back and forth. That's not good. And it's not because of my streaming, my Fire Stick, because every other streaming service works fine. But Hulu is the only one that does that. Yeek. What? Two bucks a month. What are you going to What do you get expect? Yeah. We don't normally talk that much about cable news, but yeah, this was a big shakeup week for cable news. So Fox and CNN both have some major, major changes. Arguably, arguably, both lost their most recognizable faces, and both, by all accounts, were fired. Yep. Don Lemon from CNN probably should have been let go years and years ago for his stupidity and comments and the way Arrogance. he treated everyone. Arrogance. Yeah. You know? Just just a, a reprehensible person yeah. to his coworkers. Just because you're gay doesn't mean you get to, like, rip into women. Yeah. Just, you know? And, and that then, seemed to be a, a big problem he had. Yeah. Lots lots of issues over the years that he's been there. And I think it finally all just came to a head. Yeah, and I think the same thing with Tucker Carlson at Fox. Now, it's a little more shocking. <laughs> yeah. But I think, from what I've heard, he pushed the boundaries a little bit more than Fox was comfortable with. Yeah, with the out-and-out lies, conspiracy, he, conspiracy theories. theories that he was running out yeah. there. And he, he, yeah, never a fan of his. He's always been one of those smarmy asshats that you just want to punch in the face repeatedly for being a douchebag. So I don't know who's going to replace him. God help. We, we think, we hope, we pray that it's going to be somebody better. There's somebody rumors more... out there that they're going to flip-flop stations. Oh, 
Don Lemon on Fox? Come on. He'd be their token liberal. Oh, Jesus, God. God help us all. Oh, my God. I wouldn't put it past him, but no. Both of them just need to go away. They've run their race. They're done. Just go do the whole podcasting. Just, like Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck did that. Just fade Bill off. Bill O'Reilly's doing the night. podcasting. Yeah. Chris Cuomo's doing his podcasting. Just, just go away. Nobody cares about you guys. Yeah. Although I would like to say I would love to see CNN and Fox both go away. All of them. I'd like to see all of them MSNBC, any of these 24-hour news outlets, go the hell away. Nobody gives a shit about your stupid-ass opinions. You do more Nobody harm than good. Nobody wants to hear you ramble on and cause problems and continue to divide the nations. That's the thing. That's all they do. That's, that's the one thing they do now is just divide the nation. Dave didn't watch Beavis and Butthead. I'm very disappointed in him. Season two of the newest incarnation of Mike Judge's Beavis and Butthead started on Paramount Plus last week with two episodes. <laughs> Out of the four, of course, every episode split into two. Out of the four, the funniest one was Old Man Beavis. <laughs> Where to, in an attempt to buy beer, Butthead <laughs> spray paints Beavis's head white, hits him in the back with a two by four. So he walks around going, Oh my back, oh my back. <laughs> and then, of course, Beavis somehow gets on a shuttle to an old folks' home. <laughs> Great, the classic, classic episode. The other three, yeah. <coughs> I will say that they they were okay, but that one was good. So, there you not go. Not a bad start for the second season for Beavis and Butthead. Just glad to have the boys back. And of course, Anderson. <laughs> he has a little uh this is something I don't think I've ever seen before. He had a little couple minutes snippet in between war stories. <laughs> oh god. I'm going to tell you the time about when I was on a transport carrier. <laughs> and I found a flaw in the paint. <laughs> he didn't use the right primer. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't powered by propane and propane accessories. Because <laughs> we all know Anderson is the, yes. the base for Hank Hill. Yes. But, again, it's so good to have Beavis and Butthead back. Now, a little aside here before we get into our moments of silence. Dave and I have a fondness for certain shows, especially Terriers. We've talked about it and talked about it. Screw was, you, FX! was on mm. FX for one year, left us with a cliffhanger, and you can watch it on Hulu. We've been bitter ever since. Well, one of my one, I don't want to call it a one-hit wonder or one-season wonder, 
that I've always bragged about and talked about you can't find anywhere is a show that was on paired with Miami Vice for a year called Private Eye. And it was the first show that Josh Brolin was ever in. As I was scrolling through videos this weekend on YouTube, I found, I'm not going to say the name of the person. I'm not going to say the username. Sorry. I, I, I don't have permission. I don't want to go that far. But if you do a search, there is a certain user out there. You can tell she's probably just a huge Josh Brolin fan. But she has got every episode of Private Eye out there on YouTube. <laughs> every episode, every freaking episode. And you can tell basically running the VHS <laughs> on the TV, recording the TV screen. But God help me, I love her for doing this. Despite, there you again, go. I can tell there's other stuff on the website, on the YouTube channel from yeah. Josh. So she's a Josh Brolin. She's like a stalker. <laughs> but You've reached out and got but her now, number already. But y'all. now I can watch any episode of Private Eye I want. On her YouTube channel. And you're reaching out to her, aren't you? I don't know if I'm going to go that far. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just glad she's putting private eye out there. There That's, you go. It's a starting point, but <laughs> I don't know if we want to go ex-future Mrs. Crane. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on to Moments of Silence. Of course, the the big passing this week in the world of pop culture was Harry Belafonte. Yep. Wow. Big loss. Yep. Couple others. Um, again, I, I know the name. I know to some people it's kind of significant, but Comedian Barry Humphreys, otherwise known as Dame Edna. I no clue. I kind of remember sort of Dame Edna from something. Yeah, I don't. Doesn't ring a bell. But, I, you know, this is like a Mrs. Doubtfire thing. I don't. Yeah. I've never been really a fan of guys dressing up as women. Oh, sorry. I guess that makes me a transvestite hater or something, but. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. yeah, it makes doesn't ring a bell. Uh Jenny Newhart, the wife of Bob Newhart, great comedian, actor, passed away. Married for 60 years. And she Bob credits her. She had the idea for the ending of Newhart, where he wakes up from the dream in bed with Suzanne Plachette, who was his wife in the Bob Newhart show. So kudos to her for that brilliant idea, but thoughts and prayers to the Newhart family and survived by Bob. Bob, she, Ginny was 82 and hey, Bob is in his nineties. All right, a couple moments or a couple of dumbasses. Not enough to play dumbass or not, but this one 
not really funny, but after all we've seen happen over the last few years and Vince McMahon and just all these idiots in positions of power, the latest NBC Universal chief Jeff Shell booted out for sexual harassment. Really? Supposedly had an inappropriate relationship with, I believe we were talking about the news divisions, somebody from one of the NBC news divisions. When are these idiots going to learn? You know what would make things a lot easier? Legalized prostitution! <laughs> I'm getting ready for my my <laughs> campaign. Joe Biden announced he's running in 2024. I'm a shoe in What the I'm a shoe-in if I run against him and just push legalized prostitution. I'm telling you, I'm in. I will be your next president, 2024. God help us. With <laughs> who's announced so far, Trump, Biden, again, really? DeSantis may be entering? Oh, come on. Is there not anybody actually worthwhile that has a brain <laughs> you really expect an answer to that question? I mean, there's got to be somebody worthwhile. We've talked about this and talked about this. By the time they get to that level, they have sold their soul so much, parceled off mm. bits and pieces, who they owe. They're going to owe this person, this person, this person, this person, to the point that this is what we get. A shit show. Time and time and time again. The idealism gets beaten out of these people, male or female. I don't care. Or they're just stone freaking stupid. Like, oh, let's make crash test dummies diverse. From our transportation secretary. No, oh, the same guy who says that the, uh, the roadways are racist. Yeah. <laughs> idiot and god help us he came from the area that we we live in where we tape god. our episodes brain damaged idiots and then finally i thought we talked about this back in the in the early winter months of 2022 but i didn't see any notes but anyway this is like a follow-up if we did Matthew Perry. <sighs> yeah. Matthew Perry, of course, when he put out his memoir, decided that he was going to constantly rip on Keanu Reeves. Yes, we did address this briefly. Uh, what an asshat Matthew Perry was in this regard. Right, because he would say, oh my God, I, I'm paraphrasing. Oh, I can't believe River Phoenix and Heath Ledger, these great creative original minds have left us and Keanu Reeves is still around. Well, gee, Matthew Perry says now he's seen the error of his ways and any future editions of his memoir will remove all of those references to insulting one Keanu Reeves. Here's my little rant about this. Listen, you fucknut. Keanu Reeves 
has made more money, is more savvy, is smarter than you when it comes to career choices than you could ever hope to be. You are a one-trick pony. Could you be any more bitter? <laughs> could you be any more of a dumbass? Could you be a bigger douchebag? Matthew Perry, sorry, this is too little, too late. Screw you. You're a dumbass. We're not dumbasses, but we are done. So now you are left to fend for yourself. Get ready. The whole, Go out and do it all over again yeah, tonight. Saturday night. Don't make the same mistakes or do. We'll be here for you next Saturday morning. I will be at least. Yep. Dave will be back in a couple weeks. We'll guide you through that rough Saturday morning. Like the dry we always mouth, do. The dry mouth. The tears from rejection. We will get you through it. Each and every Saturday morning, the weekend edition with Dave and Kev. But for now, we're out. We will talk to you in a week. Bye-bye.